G'day everyone, this is Rita Joyan and welcome to the Unbox Your Gift podcast, how to turn a passion into a profession. My guest today, if ever you've gone down the path of following a passion, but you had to pivot because that passion didn't eventuate to the dream, my, my guest today is really going to speak to that. I've got with me Sal Grover, who moved to Hollywood at 24 to pursue a career in screenwriting. After the initial success, her dream turned into a nightmare when sexual assault and harassment became the norm. Not ready to give up, but needing to escape the toxic world that was LA and the life that is in Hollywood, Sal moved to New York City and lived in an apartment with three other girls. And this was the life-changing event that reminded her how important it is to have a network of supportive females in your life. She returned to Australia and partnered with her mum to create Giggle, a, girl, a girls, women, female-only networking app. Giggle allows you to connect with girls from all over the world for freelance work, for being roommates, support, activism, and so much more to come. It's now active in 83 countries around the world. Sal, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. This is so exciting because, you know, it's one of the, Giggle is one of those things where you didn't know you needed it until if someone creates it like you, you think, yes, it's what I've always wanted. <laughs> Funny you say that. Every single decision I made, I was just like, "Would I use this?" Um, because if I said, if I was like, "I wouldn't use this," like this aspect of it, it didn't go on there. Mm-hmm. Or I, I just, it was all it had. It had to pass that test. And then I, yeah, I started to go like, "Oh, I really need giggle in my life now." So it was very frustrating. Eighteen months when it was being built. <laughs> yes, I, I can wait. only imagine. Yes, but I want to get into that, and I want to delve deep into how you build an app. How do you build an app like this, and all the work that goes in it. But I want to step mm-hmm. back because I know there are people listening who have dreams of being a writer and who yep. have dreams of making it in Hollywood. And I want to just go, so you're, you're 24 years old, you move to Hollywood. How do you first of all get a gig as a screenwriter in Hollywood? Like, what do you do first? Like, do you apply for like a job on a website or something? No, but we should have that on Giggle. Um, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, it's not that easy. But at the same time, I did find it relatively easy in when I look back in hindsight. So I arrived, I was 24, I knew two people and one of my best friends and an ex-boyfriend, that was it. But I was just like, I want to write movies. And I've always been someone who doesn't, who thinks that you just have to be in it to win it. You just have to do it. And then it's easier than if you don't do it. Mm -hmm. So whenever people would always say, oh, that's impossible or that's too hard, I'm like, is it? I remember before, just before I went over, I was having my tonsils taken out and uh, the surgeon asked me what I wanted to do. And I said, well, I want to go to Hollywood and write movies. And he said, oh, that's a hard profession. And I was like, as opposed to medicine? <laughs> did that, did you have to put in discourage you? No. Exactly. So yeah, that sort of stuff never bothered me. So I just got there and I just wrote and wrote and wrote. And eventually it took like I think it was it was like 15 or 18 months before I sold my first thing and so getting into the industry was relatively easy everything else from them was hard so when you say you sold it does that mean you just go to meetings and you pitch your screen yeah, so I wrote I actually had um, another Australian girl that I wrote the first thing I ever sold, we wrote that together and it was optioned to be a television show, which was very, very exciting. We were very excited about it. Mm. Um, and then and on an option, you don't earn that much. So I think, I think we got about $3,000 for the option. 
So it's not yeah. anything to get that excited about, but it's your foot in the door. Yeah. Yeah. And the other things that lead to it. Um, and then, so in the process of nothing moves quickly there. So in the process of trying to develop the show, do stuff, we wrote a script and that sold. And I think it could have even been in the same month that the show fell apart and the screenplay sold. So all of a sudden, instead of becoming a television writer, you're now pigeonholed as a film writer. And it just, it's bad. just, it changes like that. Yeah, I mean, that's I, what I wanted to do pretty much anyway. And I, where I was sort of stronger, my skills are definitely stronger in film writing. And yeah, so we, like I was signed to the biggest agency in one of the biggest agencies in the world, WME, and I got managers and, you know, it was the whole proper Hollywood thing. You made it, like you pretty, you made it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it sounds so weird. Yeah, it, it, at the time, yeah. And I, it was, God, I was what? So I was 26, 27 when all of this was happening. We'll say I am so pleased that it didn't work out in the sense that I think I would have been horrible if I'd been somebody who became crazy successful at 28. Oh, really? You know what I mean? Like, there's, there'd been no hardships before <laughs> that prepared me for any life if I had just been just everything's easy, successful yeah. at 28. Okay. Um, it became really hard from then on. Well, what made it um, So then I started writing screenplays on my own and no longer sort of pairing with, with anybody else. Suddenly it was just me, put me in a completely different situation. I thought for a long time with how I was getting treated, I was like, maybe I'm just not good enough. Like I, I honestly thought, for a long time that it must be me until you know when you start to think like am I going crazy but I was like I think there's a lot of misogyny in play and the harassment like was starting to get more intense just simple things that can seem harmless but male executives changing meetings to drinks instead of in the office and then sort of becoming flirty buying drinks and sitting there going hang on isn't this a business mm -hmm. meeting and trying to navigate that, not wanting to be what one would call rude by saying, mm. I'm not comfortable with this, this is disgusting, I'm leaving. Um, and then never ever having the opportunity with that company ever again. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, it was hard to navigate. So is, is that just prevalent in Hollywood, whether you're an actor, you're an actress, you're a producer, you're a director, you're a screenwriter? That's mm -hmm. prevalent. Yes. I mean, I can only talk about it as a screenwriter. Sorry, one second. No, no. Um, sorry, <laughs> doing computer stuff. Um, we, no, um, yeah, I can only speak of it as a screenwriter. I have friends who are actors. Um, there's definitely part of it there. There's also an element of it in the acting community in terms of like physical appearance and things like that, that I, just the pressure that I would never be able to deal with. Um, but for me, it was just, you know, you've got to go into meetings all the time and sell yourself. It, I used to call it the sell show. So you've got to sit there and, because you've got to sell why you can write this script, why you're the person. Mm -hmm. So you've got to match your personality to the screenplay that you're selling. So that meant 
constantly just kept you having to go in there and be really fun. And then so when you were rejected or something would happen, it's like, is it based on my personality? Wow. Yeah. So you just like, you don't know. And it's this environment, it's by design, Hollywood is a very isolating place. Really? Yes, like one of the things when the Weinstein story broke, like for example, everyone in Hollywood knew he was a disgusting person. Um, Even you? You knew as well? Yes, my best friend was actually his longest serving female assistant. Now, so I actually had quite an in to him. I have a very great story about this actually. So when I was writing screenplays, my agents managers would always say, give the scripts to my friend. And I, you know, they were always that she knew she could, but she never did. And at the time, again, you have that thing of, oh my God, am I not good enough? Mm. No, she knew, she didn't know about the raping, only the girls who it had happened to, and she'd never been told anything or anything like that. But she knew he was having affairs and she knew he was a disgusting person who was horrible to people. Oh. Everyone knew that. Okay. Um, but she never gave him my work because she never wanted to put me in the room with him. Just because he was because he was horrible, she just didn't want. Like she just didn't do it. So when I found out actually what he was doing, I was incredibly grateful. What? So when you say horrible, outside of the assault and the harassment, horrible as in just like putting people Ego down, maniac, threw chairs at people. Oh, like just like the imagine the worst human being you possibly can. That's incredible. And then give it like that last in an industry where like. You, I'm sure there's so many other producers and, and people that could be in his place. Did you know, I mean, he was very much an aberration in the sense the sort of success that he had, especially in like during the 90s, was kind of unheard of in the modern era. Mm -hmm. So the power that and that he could have, the money that he made for other people, um, and yeah, it's definitely an industry that if you have any kind of power in it, you can do whatever you want. Now I don't know. If, like anyone has picked up on this, but there's not that many women there that have power, so. Jeez Louise. So yeah. would you, like for someone who wants to get into Hollywood to do anything, would, mm -hmm. you, would you actually recommend it? Just to know that you know, it's not what it seems, it's not always the craft that's going to be evaluated. Yeah, I mean, yes, I, I definitely always recommend, like if that's something you want to do, definitely do it. And obviously like there's some people who can create great, um, lives with it. I feel I was there at the wrong time and I was in a way perfectly primed for bad things to happen just that I was vulnerable the whole time I was there because I you know I was Australian living over there um, I was on a visa which meant that every like I had to make money by selling screenplays mm -hmm. I was bound by that so there's a lot of pressure so my my vulnerability put me in a pretty precarious place so I wouldn't recommend that okay okay and in terms of, were there any other kind of harassment that someone who was listening, who was wanting to go in, go into that industry, should be weary of? Yeah, there's lots of different things. Like if you, um, you, you can be surrounded by yes people and no people at the exact same time, because no one wants to say a hard no in case they're passing on the next big thing. Mm. So, and then they would lose their job. So you can't get anything concrete. So while someone is saying no to you, they'll be saying yes. And you're going, I, I have no idea what's happening. And so it's you to stay with your feet firmly on the ground is like a part-time job in and of itself. Okay. 
All right. So you stayed in Hollywood for 10 years and then decided that it's just not yeah. going where you wanted to go. And that's when you moved to New York. Yeah. So I just, it got to the point. I was just, I was losing my mind. I couldn't write anymore. I was just a shell of a person. And I'll never forget it. It was one morning I was laying in bed. I looked up at the ceiling and I was like, I just, I can't, I can't improve my life yeah. from here. I have to change something. And mm -hmm. it very much felt like an environment change. Well, well, that's really the word that you just used. I felt the, sh the shell of the person that I was. Is that just because rejection? Is that just because you're a female and I'll have some drinks with you and I'll have the proper meeting with you, not knowing whether you're in or you're out? Is that what's caused like the disruption of your, of your of just your confidence? Huge, huge part of it. And then there was like, you know, more uh, sort of physical or more verbal me too type stuff as well, where it was really, you know, stuff that I just couldn't do. It happened so many times I couldn't recover from it anymore. Because oh. when I and when I talked about it in therapy, when I eventually came back here and started to go to therapy about it all, my therapist actually explained that I sort of my I'd frozen with writing because writing was what led me into rooms with people mm. who would take advantage. And so what? But I kind of knew that subconsciously at the time. But what's even more panic-inducing is when your livelihood is connected to it. Yeah. So you're just sort of in a situation where there's just, uh, you've sort of, you've, you've lost to the powers that be at that particular time. But the fact that even you even lasted 10 years, I mean, hello, that's. Yeah, it was just under, it would have been, it was like, yeah, nine or something. Okay. Yeah. So you moved yeah. to New York, you were three girls that you think, wow, this is what I needed. This is the support system that I didn't have in LA. This could do well, something. There was a few things. So I moved to New York and then like, you know, like looking for a room to rent that like a just ghastly experience and even then there was like you know you're just like on the different websites and everything and there would be guys there that would say like oh if you want to um rent a room you can live here for free as long as you just walk around naked and i was oh. very much like really like hmm. really like i have to deal with this in my professional life yeah. and a lot of times in personal life but just when i'm looking for something like a room this mm. has to infiltrate like yeah. Well, can I just, can we catch a break? Mm. Like, well, who's saying yes to that? And I mean, I was broke, but I wasn't that broke. <laughs> and so then I just happened to stumble across this place in Brooklyn with three other girls. And so moved in there. And within, I think, day three, it was like we'd all known each other forever. And we were, it wasn't a situation where we went and like socialized outside of the house or really got involved in each other's lives. We became this sanctuary where we would meet every morning and encourage each other to go out and do things and what you had to do during the day. Um, we all had different schedules. So we'd sometimes all be like, there'd be certain people there at lunch. Um, and then definitely at night, we would just have dinner together and laugh and talk and give advice and cry. It just, it was amazing and a healing experience. I think it just so happened that all four of us needed at that time. Mm. Like we were between the ages of 26 and 30 however I was the oldest and um yeah so it was just it was just amazing like one of the most life-changing things because as I said earlier Hollywood is so isolating by the nature of it it's just like like say like when the Harvey Weinstein thing came out and it was revealed like all these different things that happened to all these different people because it's designed for no one to talk about it so you think it's who designed this? Like, I mean, is that just how it is, or someone has really masterful? People have masterfully designed it that way. 
it's a certain behavioral type. It was just no girls were talking about it because you're made ever you're just constantly made to feel that like it's your fault. So yeah, we weren't discussing it with each other. I mean, no one was really because you don't want to seem like, especially like I remember one girl saying, "What happens if you went and told everybody someone had just done something, and then the next day you got the job?" Um, but then what does? What does yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's such a it's such a competitive place as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so when I was in this apartment in New York, I had this female support network around that I just hadn't had in a while mm. and it felt amazing like just just mm. it was life-changing so I ended up I came back after that I'd been living there for a while and I came back to Australia just for was going to be a visit and visa renewal renewal and all that and it was while I was here that mum and I started talking like started talking about everything and it was mum that said there needs to be a way for more girls to have this positive experience and for some girls to be helping girls. And we got the idea for Giggle. We we sat around at a kitchen table drinking a bottle of two of wine. <laughs> and suddenly by the end of the night, we were like, yep, we're gonna create an app. Now keep in mind, neither of us know how to code. <laughs> I love that. Or if, or if ever seen code or anything. <laughs> What is code? I know we need it, but what is that? (laughs) We had no idea what it took to create an app. So what does it take to create? Now that you're on the other side of it, what does it take to create an app? Okay, so I'll tell you, there's no one way to do it, I would say. And so I'll just tell you Mm -hmm. the way we did it is knowing that like, you know, first you have to find out, is this a viable business? Yeah. I was actually very lucky that my dad, who was in business, he took the idea very seriously. And so he would, at four o'clock in the morning, wake up and read everything he could about sort of tech startup business, about the app industry, um, and then sort of how to get into it, what, was, what would be the smartest way. And just because, you know, we'd have to, we, us not being coders or having a coder who was, I, I don't know a single coder. I still don't really know how to notice. Um, they don't talk to me because um, I don't understand the language. <laughs> by you. I just say I draw weird pictures, and then suddenly a few weeks later, it becomes something. Um, but no, so he he dad discovered that we would need to build kind of a demo of it, design it, and build it, and then take it to app developers. Because if we didn't do that, we'd be going just with an idea, which would mean we would be people with no experience, Hmm. absolutely nothing behind us, going to an app developer with nothing but an idea. We would have no ownership of it, um, no way of explaining it, no like proper way of explaining it, and anything could happen. Mm -hmm. And they always say when you start out to do things like this, you know, it's going to be double the time, double the money, double the time, triple the money. One of the things to make it that bit easier for you is to have some sort of working demo first. Okay. So dad taught himself how to use a program called XD, which is just a simple Adobe program. And we actually, I think we just used the free version to just do this. Okay. I don't even think we paid for it. Right. And it was just, I would draw pictures and I'm no artist in this respect. So it'd be like stick figures, but like I would draw what the screens had to be like and how they would then be like, if you use this screen and then you go like press that. So it goes to this screen. So I would explain and draw how it all worked. 
Right. And then he would spend days or weeks creating that in a working demo. On, a, on the actual software? On this XD software, yeah. And so uh, I think it was like five months it took oh, to wow. create just the working demo, yeah. Because wow. what we started doing that, like it would have been, by the time we started doing that, it would have been September 2018. And we had a working demo in February of last year. Oh, wow. Yeah. Far yeah. out. Yeah, so, and we were like, we were definitely like throughout it, we were, you know, you sort of massage the idea a bit more, like you just draw something or do something with the screen and then come up with a new idea. Like basically how actually the very beginning, the first draft of the demo is not what it is now. We, we got some new inspiration and then sort of so redesigned different things. Mm. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's just a work in progress. And I was quite patient, I suppose, in it. And it, it used a skill I had from screenwriting is it was just draft after draft. It was the same process, just instead of writing something, I was drawing stick figures. <laughs> the literal <laughs> word of screen, screenwriter. Yeah. <laughs> doing it for the screen, literally. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it, it was weird. It sort of felt like, in terms of like making just something that was like a totally different version of a movie, you sort mm -hmm. of feel like the writer and director all in one, because I was yeah. just, I very much had a vision of what I wanted it to be. Love it. And so once you've got this, this working prototype ready to go, what happened after that? So we, I mean, we talked to lots of different app development companies in Australia, and we ended up going with one called Appetizer in Melbourne. Um, and one of the, like, obviously they, they, they got the idea, they had the passion for it, they, they understood what we wanted to do. And then a lot of um, like the coders actually work offshore. So our coders, for example, are in the Philippines. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that you talk to some different places and, you know, some places, are, you know, paying coders in Sri Lanka next to nothing. Oh. Appetizer pays their coders Australian wages. And oh. so that's sort of the ethical side of that. That's what was like one of the reasons it wanted, like, we went, yep, yeah, okay, we like the ethics of this company, they align with us. Yeah, fantastic. So now you've gone through that module, you've got, you know, you've got a developer who's actually now working on it. How long did it take for the developer to now give it to you and say, trial it out now? Yeah, this is funny. So <laughs> we went to them, and Mum and I were talking about this recently. We went to them and said, so we went to them in, I'm going to say April, March, April last year. And we wanted it done by August or September. I don't know why. We had a reason at the time of why we wanted it so quickly. One of the things we did want to have it properly launched by the 11th of October last year, because the 11th of October just so happens to be International Day of the Girl um, and my birthday. So it was oh. just a very serendipitous thing. <laughs> like, oh, how cool is this? So I know why we wanted it for October, but I can't remember why we wanted to do sort of a soft launch in September. Anyway, I remember Appetizer saying, this is not possible, but we'll try our best. And turns out they're right. It was not possible at all. Um, we, in September, we did have, we were doing testing with it and everything, but it wasn't ready yet. Like okay. no, no one else could use it. Um, so it took uh, until somebody could use it, it was December. December so, yeah. last year? Yep. Wow. Yeah, so it took, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. I mean, there's still, like, still things like you know that we're constantly working on mm, mm. it's an app you're yeah. going yeah, that's just going to be and don't ask me any more in detail about that i don't know like as i said 
I still don't know how to code. I, I, I have not coded a thing. I don't know. Like, cause I would say, I want this done thinking, well, that would take what a day. No, you find out that these things take a month. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. They always take longer than what you think. Absolutely. Yeah. And because, and I'm not a, I'm not a patient person by nature. Like I was born 11 weeks premature. So I'm very much, I want it done yesterday sort of person. I'm biologically incapable of being patient, I would say. So that was a test. I remember in, in October when we had to push back, like when the app would be ready, I was, that was so disappointing. But in the end, it's all turned out for the best. And that sort of things do happen for a reason like that. It's the journey that you find the journey you're supposed to go on. Well, it's impressive because it's, it's, it's caught on very quickly. I mean, it's in 83 countries. How did you actually launch it? Like, how did you actually now say it's live? How did you get the word out? So in December, we did what's called a soft launch. And that was just for the sort of the loyal people who'd been sort of had known about Giggle, um, sort of, I suppose it's a bit, a bit through word of mouth and, and things like that. And we, we just sort of launched it just with them just to see, make, because we wanted to make sure that there weren't any bugs or if there were, Mm. get them ironed out before we had you know lots and lots of people come on board um and so we were still sort of doing that and in the beginning of february i did a video um and posted it to my to giggles and mine so uh, to our instagram just about the misogyny that i deal with as a female ceo in the tech world and there's a lot mm. so i just did like a video just you know because i don't like it when people make it seem like just all fun and easy all the time like you know it's it's work mm. Mm. and then from that that video got picked up and went all over reddit and twitter and the active the transgender activists that are going after jk rowling right now yeah. went after us these same people we got like they just infiltrated the app store and google play with one star reviews saying that it was transphobic and all of this because it was a girls women female only app oh. mum and i woke up but we knew i'm um, obviously like doing something just for women is going to be controversial if it wasn't it wouldn't be needed mm. Mm. well said that's just how the world is um so but we had tried we had to make sure that we were as inclusive as possible and still do try as hard while staying under the umbrella mm. of a female only app. So we do welcome a lot of trans women. We also have a category for gender identity for you know biological born females who are starting their gender identity and want to connect mm. that is going through that are sort of in the same place and having a private and secure um, place to meet can help them. So I was sort of shocked by the hatred that we got in return i have now seen since jk rowling that i should not have been <laughs> <laughs> it just means that i'm making them you know <laughs> yeah it was yeah no so basically that's what happened in february is it sort of just blew up everywhere we it suddenly we were getting Sorry, girls are suffering it like, through that and so it's just been yeah it's sort of steady since then and then in the last um few weeks again we've sort of just had it's been out sort of gone to the next level gone to the next step 
and getting bigger and bigger, which we're very excited about. Well, that infiltration actually did wonders for you, really. Like it actually helped boost giggle and get yeah. it out into more yeah. eyeballs. The irony. <laughs> <laughs> so for now, the actual, like I want to talk about now, how is giggle used? Because I said, briefly mentioned, that you know you have giggle gigs which is allows people to freelancers and um those people who are hiring to connect giggle rooms which allows women to put up they're renting a place and females mm -hmm. only can actually look i love all of that but you've also yep. got things like um actually let me before i even say that giggle is free how is it that you're able to generate an income from it then advertising okay so you only use the advertising yes because we wanted to make sure that it was free to use. Lots of different reasons. As I've been a writer, I've been a freelancer. Um, and when you're doing that, sometimes you don't have money to spare. You can't sort of always be in that, gotta spend money to make money frame of mind. You're like, no, I just need to make it. <laughs> and then also like when you're looking for rooms to rent and things like that, like I um, actually, so since I've been away from New York, like one of the girls I lived with, she moved to a different apartment and you know, like, had to use an app where it was like $25 a month to use the app, which was, it's a huge thing. She's a Pilates instructor. That was a big, you mm. know, she's just, it's an inconvenient cost. Yeah. Mm. So we wanted to make sure that it was free to use so that it really is for every girl and woman who wants to use it. Mm. That it's not just if you can afford it. I find there's lots of things out there that are for women, but it's for a certain kind. I love it. Oh, I love that. Because you go, we were speaking to, about this before the interview started. You don't even charge when people want to hire someone and they obviously connect with a freelancer. Yeah. You don't even take a percentage of that. Everything is free on the app. Yeah, completely free. I have no desire to take anyone else's money for work they've done. As I said, I was a freelancer. So mm. having to give 20% of money away just because they introduced you? No. We're an introductory platform. We're not a booking system or anything like that. We don't get involved in your negotiations. We know that women can negotiate for themselves, can make their own choices, can have a voice, just create the environment where that is the norm and it will happen. I love it because the whole catalyst for giggles was your experience that you have been around men that were demeaning you, that were trying to get something more than what your profession entailed. And this is just an environment where girls can go. And like I said before in the beginning, I didn't know I needed this until I thought, oh my God, this is because it's especially for finding a place to live, especially for yes. that. I mean, yeah. And we have in the, in the roommate part of it, actually, we've got a few different categories there that are really exciting. Because it's obviously if you are looking for room to rent or if you have your own place and you want to bring somebody in. Um, but then we also have one we call the new lease category because what it like, you know, when you might be just beyond that renting a room from somebody, mm. you want to put your name on a lease. You can't, you don't have anybody around that, you know, that is also in that same situation, but you're like, look, I could get a really nice apartment if I had one or two roommates yeah. to go on to Google and meet them. So yeah, you don't have to be looking just for a room. You can be looking to start a whole new lease. I love it. Looking for a job. Now, I know you've got, um, one thing I do love, I was looking at your website. One thing I absolutely love is that you didn't mm -hmm. partner with Facebook or Instagram to yes. log in because you wanted to mm -hmm. protect the data of those people who yes. are. Yep. I was just like, oh my God, I want to hug you. <laughs> and it's just so <laughs> brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah, it was, um, it was, we were 
strict about that from, God, I think even close to the first ever conversation. It was like nothing to do with Facebook or anything like that. I, something had happened at the time where Facebook was in a lot of trouble, one uh, of the times. Mm-hmm. And so we just wanted to make sure that we're, we're promising private and secure places for girls mm-hmm. to connect. We can't say, oh, let's come and do that. And then, oh, but don't, don't mind us. We're going to just watch your conversation and sell it to advertisers. It's just a contradiction, isn't it? Yeah. Totally love it. So, so, so for you to get advertisers on board, are you cold calling? I and mean, how is it working for someone who's looking no, to... No, no, no. You, part, you partner with a company who does that. And so we partnered with AdMob. And so it's, um, they sell the ad space, I suppose you could say. Okay, fantastic. Yeah, and so then, and as you get more users and so your ad space becomes more valuable, you um, sort of... The, better quality mm. advertising. Like mm. I remember, say, for example, very first day, so it was just me. I was the only person in the world on the app. So it was the first ad that was in there, and it was for a cockroach killer. And I was like, oh, this isn't what I wanted. <laughs> You've got to start somewhere. <laughs> cockroach killer. <laughs> it was very much that moment. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> this too shall pass. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and then, um, but so what's also cool is just how the app is structured. So obviously we have different categories like roommate and then we've got gigs and then we've got what we call our support category, uh, sorry, our soul categories, which is support, health, activism, and then opening very soon uh, hobbies, exercise, social, mentoring and networking. And I hope I haven't forgotten one. Um, And then there's the subcategories within them where you can choose like, so you know where you're going. So let's just take, the in exercise, we have a running category. So say you want to find someone to go be a running buddy with. So say like the ad, so the advertising in there, because that's what the category is. Obviously the ads in there are just going to be mm-hmm. running stuff. We don't have to use your data to get mm-hmm. that information. We don't have to sell anything. We don't have to look at conversations. We don't, on Giggle, you just need a phone number and then you take the selfie to get the verification selfie to get on. And then it's just your name, your first name, if you want to put your real one in there your age, if you want to put that in there. And then it's just your bio and why you're there. We don't, we don't deal in information. Hmm. We just have the categories. The advertising comes to you. We don't, it, we can do this quite humanely in a yeah. private and yeah. late life manner, maybe if you will. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But I also noticed that on your app, you've also got like groups where you can just become a little group or a huddle of, girls in one thing I mean, yeah. how does that work so you can do it you can you can in all of the soul categories you can do that so for support health activism anything like that so that's the really cool thing so we have um this really great guy bill who does all of our algorithms and everything so again so i don't code and i don't do algorithms <laughs> i do vision and i do parties <laughs> um, i so he created this great algorithm where um yeah so you so say you want, like, say, let's just take four people in your Giggle, because Giggle is a collective noun for a group of girls. So the, the name of the app being Giggle, it's a double entendre because mm-hmm. it's what you can also do on the app. So say you want four girls in your Giggle, well, then you're swiping through and then you like someone, they like you, and then they've liked some others, they get bumped up. So the Giggle can be oh. formed very, very quickly. Okay. Yeah. okay. It's like, it, it, it's quite simple, actually. It's like really beautiful and simple and poetic what he created. I love it. I love it. I know the app is very new and we only launched last December, 
what is your vision for it? I mean, I know you wanted to create it somewhere where people, ladies, women can come together in a secure and safe environment. Mm -hmm. Is there something more like the, in terms of your vision for it? Yes, I have. Um, we've got one very exciting new thing that we're working on as an, the next sort of phase of the app, which I can't talk about yet, but I'm very, very excited <laughs> about that. That will launch hopefully sometime later this year. We're also just getting prepared to do um, our Series A crowd, uh, Series A funding, which we're very excited about. Um, primarily because while it's obviously for growth, how we're doing it, I find is the most organic next step in the giggle journey. So we started talking to like VCs and angel investors and looking at all that side of it. But I decided I did not want to sit in a room and have to quantify misogyny in any way with some mm -hmm. VC. Mm -hmm. That doesn't sound fun to me. I've been in rooms in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know what it's like trying to sort of get water out of a stone. Yeah. Then um, in December 2018, ASIC approved, uh, sort of introduced what's been used in America for a few years now. It's called Equity Crowdfunding and Shebert, um, the women's only rideshare in Australia. Yeah. They use, they're one of the first big ones to do equity crowdfunding. So it's not like GoFundMe where that's like donations. Equity crowdfunding is where you can invest in a company. You can be an unsophisticated investor, which basically means just a regular everyday person. Um, and you can buy into a company for as little as $200, whatever you set your minimum as, but ours will be $200 or like a maximum $10,000. Yeah. And so for me, because at Giggle and it's for a group of girls and it's just it's four girls. I wanted it to be some, for me, this is sort of so appealing because it's girls investing in yeah. the company, mm. being introduced to the, what is often I find a really intimidating world, the investment world. So I was mm. like, if you can just like get into the investment world for as little as, you know, a few hundred dollars, be part of a company, but be part of the growth of the company because by being a user of it or anything like that, and then you know financially benefit from it mm. down the track. Mm. So yeah, we're getting ready to launch that sort of later this year. And my overall vision, yeah, I mean, I want to help every single girl on the planet who this will be useful to. Absolutely. Like, I don't have, I don't have any like the vision knows no bounds in that respect, and my goals with it. Um, and to take every opportunity, because say, for example, the thing that I'm the most excited, well, not the most excited about, but I'm very excited about this new add-on that we've developed. Um, I came up with that about two and a half months ago. And it's like preoccupied my mind a little bit. But if you'd ask, so if you'd ask what I was most excited about six months ago, it'd be a completely different answer. Mm, mm, mm. Absolutely. So it always changes. Absolutely. So what is it that your dream of writing is does that still have a place in your life? I mean, or is that just uh, put to the side? No, actually, it's funny how even just in the last week, it has sort of come back into um, my life. I've been like joking with my mom saying, don't you just love having a CEO who can write? Because <laughs> when JK Rowling stuff started happening, um, because I, I was like, this has happened to me. I actually have a story about this and I didn't have or don't have the pedigree of being JK Rowling or the security of being JK Rowling behind me. Like I don't have a billion dollars. <laughs> so I was like, I can talk about yes. what it's like when you get all of yes, when you get all of these trolls mm. who are going after you and trying to shut down your company and like you have nothing. Mm. So I wrote about it and I 
wrote a, put a, did, a, did a post on Medium about it and it's been viewed 5,000 times now. One of the biggest feminist writers in the UK just shared it. So it was like the writer in me has been very excited about that. But oh. also the, as the CEO of Giggle, because I was very much writing in defense of just having, um, well, I was saying, and I genuinely believe it, that it's important to have spaces that is just for women. But that doesn't mean I don't like negate anyone else's existence or anything yes. like that. Yeah. I believe in equality for everybody. I want everyone to be feel welcomed and supported in their communities. Um, mm -hmm. But just, yeah, as women, it's nice to have a little bit of a break from oh, yeah. deal with every day. Oh, I think, I think it's a very needed app. I think I'm, I'm definitely going to use it because just the structure of how you can access and I mean, find friends and friendships and needs that are across the world with just female yeah. only. I think that's very, that's very assuring, really self-assuring. Like it's Thank you. I was just, because I was very much, when we were trying to work out the design of it, it wasn't that you could just like sort of plonk every girl in the same thing with each other and like let them just find anyone. Because friendships don't develop that way. Friendships actually develop over a common purpose. Mm. Whether that's just you both like playing tennis or you're both reading similar books mm. or you're both really passionate about the same political cause. Mm. Friendships come from something. Mm. Like romantic relationships come from the purpose of physical attraction. That's the first thing. Yeah. Our like um, platonic relationships don't. Mm. You can't, no one's just friends with someone else just because they're another female. Like, there's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. more to it. Yeah. 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 Um, much more complex than that. And so, yeah, so it was very much designed so you could be like, okay, I actually want to meet somebody for this particular purpose, not just in general. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Like yeah, a exactly. running buddy yeah. or a reading buddy yeah. or just, you know, yeah. Someone yeah. To yeah. Just, or just somebody, um, if you like, uh, we've got a category in there in support for grief, which. I like for two reasons. One, if you're going through something and you want to connect with somebody else to talk about it. But two, if you've been through something and you want to help somebody, yeah, like it, it's nice to help. It's nice to give back. It's nice to be like, I've come out the other side of this. Here, yeah, let me tell you how you can too. Oh, I love it. Oh, I love it. I really, really love it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. No, Susie, so, so if someone's listening to this and they're thinking, I have an idea for an app and I want to put it in place and I want to be able to launch mm -hmm. it. In terms of sustainability, financial sustainability, should someone have you know, work happening on the side so that while this app develops and gets into the mainstream and you know, has legs of its own before it can run? Mm -hmm. So what should the balance be between doing something else and just going straight for the app? Okay, so initially keep yourself in the most secure position that you can because then you can always make decisions from a secure place so if you could start creating something and you don't have to work full or part-time then sure mm. but if that's going to put make you more vulnerable in your life more stressed then it's not a smart way to start any new journey um i would recommend working or having some other income in some capacity until at least until you get to your first investment round now we did a family and friends investment round is our first one um and that because we were able to do that because we had the working demo we had the interest um and basically the confirmation from an app developer we knew we were going forward it was just the only link was missing link was the money and i talked to the chief entrepreneur here in queensland she's this amazing um woman leanne camp and she said when you're going to 
start a company like a startup, beg, borrow and steal. Don't go to formal, like don't go to VCs, don't go to angel investors, banks, anything like that. Um, give equity to, like, to family or loans from family. Max out things, anything else you can to avoid having to answer to anybody else. Okay. You took that so on. So we've stayed with that. Mm. Yeah. And mm. some days like you just want to be like, this is so hard. Someone just give me lots of money and I'll give you my whole company. But <laughs> that's, that's what I was going to ask you. Like, I'm sure there are times when you're like, I don't know if I'm cut out for this. I don't know if I've bit off more than I can chew. I don't yeah. know if I'm, I'm good enough. Do you have those thoughts? Yeah. I think I've only had about, oh God, it's probably a hundred times, but overall, no, I suppose... I just, I really believe in it. So I ultimately haven't had any real big downtimes. I've had downtimes in the sense of having to respond to other shitty things or things like that. But no, I'm like, I know, I know it's a really cool idea. You've just got to stick at it. And it was also one of the things in Hollywood that like is always said, and it is true. Like if you quit, like you'll fail, you've just got to stay with it. Remember, I used to always read this Harrison Ford quote randomly. It was like, he was talking about how he was like ready to leave Hollywood. Um, but then he realized that everybody else that he'd started out with had left. And so none of them had achieved the dream. So he just stayed. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. They say success is a numbers game. It's just, you just got to write it out. Yeah. And it's not glamorous. I mean, you're not going to make money, like any serious money for probably the first two years mm. um you're got yeah you're going to have doubts you're going to have people who make you feel doubtful that's one of the things that frustrates me the most is sometimes it's like really experienced entrepreneur type people who have sort of lost the excitement of beginning mm. something um and taking risks and sometimes be like oh here i'll just tell you all of the bad things I'm like <laughs> That's going to kill my creativity. Like, obviously, you want to listen to the wisdom of somebody, but you also want to keep your own enthusiasm and your dreams there and your vision. And when you've got nothing to lose, you just sort of go all in. Yeah, no. I mean, I think that's a very important point that you're bringing up. It's a very important who you listen to and whose information you're taking yeah. on board. Because just like you said, you do need a filter. You, yeah. you can't surrender to anyone because you just don't want their opinion to just... Can't blur your oh yeah like i had a few like there was a little bit of time there where there were sort of like some older men investors sort of people who were trying to give advice and i'm saying to mom if i have to listen to one more 60 year old man tell me how giggle works i'm gonna scream <laughs> i was like they're not the market for it yeah, exactly. <laughs> i'm not trying but to get into giggle <laughs> yeah i'm like it would be like them sitting there trying to tell me how to like sell a bikini I'm like I don't, yeah. I don't think you know <laughs> I love it. I love it. So where can people find Giggle? How do they do it? They're just going into yeah, their so, iPhone. Um, yeah, um, App Store, Google Play, um, and just type in Giggle, or you can go to our website and we'll lead you to it from there. Fantastic. And it's completely and free. It's completely free, which is what is free. Free. Like, there's no. Oh, so we do have, it is completely free. We do have premium upgrades in the case, in the end that you want to use them um, we have um, giggle slide if you want to instead of having to swipe and match people can if you've got giggle slide people can just slide into your dms basically mm-hmm. um, which say if you were in a hurry situation of wanting to find a roommate really quickly mm-hmm. um, or for the giggle gigs i mean they're really affordable i can't remember off the top of my yeah, head no, no, no. <laughs> 
it's like seven dollars a month or something mm-hmm. um we also have giggle invisible so say you do want more privacy um if you are dealing if you're going on giggle for a really sensitive subject mm. um or reason so giggle invisible means that you're only seen by girls whose profiles you've liked so you're not sort of seen by anyone in that mm. everyone in the category it's only a select mm. few and we also have giggle peak which is actually turned on at the moment um for everybody to use and it just shows you who has liked your profile so you mm. can just quickly make connections I love it. I absolutely love it. Otherwise, it's completely free. You don't have to, they are options if you want to sort of have more of an up, like if there's a reason for you to use them, but otherwise just, it's completely free to use. Love it. I'm excited to see where you guys are going to be in a year. I'm excited to see where you're going to go as me in 24 months. I'm excited the waves you're going to make with this and the difference you're going to make with women just being comfortable being around other women just for the sake of their own safety and privacy. Me too. I'm so excited. Like sometimes I wish I had more hours in the day to yeah. do work because I genuinely love what I'm doing. And yeah. that's, that is the most invaluable thing from having such a hard time in Hollywood and not wanting to give up because it was my dream. And actually I will say this, when I was in Hollywood, I wrote romantic comedies. I would always write scripts about strong and independent yet slightly flawed and neurotic women. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> <laughs> and, they, and they often didn't get with the guy. they didn't end up with the guy but they were always really happy endings but it was always with this woman who really finds herself and that would be the journey and her finding her own strength and have going being able to make her life better i was this is just the theme and the journey that was the most important for me to get out there so when i was going like i'm going to walk away from the whole, like the film industry and i came up with giggle i actually realized i was doing the basically the exact same thing yeah. I'm just telling the story in a different way and I think rather than just I'm entertaining in a different way and I think this is much more beneficial than just writing a movie absolutely you've actually written your own script you've actually written your own screenplay yeah. I think that's beautiful I love that beautiful well done to yeah, you Sal. Yeah, well done great. to your courage thank you yeah so I want to yeah, say no, thank no, you no. so much for joining us um I, I I honestly I honestly didn't know what giggle was until I started to research it and as I researched it, I was getting more and more excited to just really delve into what it took for you to actually get this up and running. And I think from start to finish, it, it took 18 months, did you say, to get it live? Yep, uh, 16 months, I think it was, yeah. 16 months, well, that's pretty good. That's excellent, really. I yeah, mean- oh, it, totally. It's one of those things though, and when you're in those 16 months, every second feels like a year. Mm, I can imagine. And that's the thing, because people always make it sound so, oh, only took 16 months. And it's like, yeah, I mean, doesn't that sound quick in hindsight? But no, it was absolutely exhausting and terrifying for every yeah. second of the day. Yeah. No, I can, I can fun and inspiring and, and it's rejuvenating at the same time. I love it. Do you yeah. do any Everything. practice? Sorry? It's a roller coaster, the whole thing, but it's a really good one. Oh, but, is it, but is it the same roller coaster as screenwriting? No. You, well... I feel when, you, when you're when starting your own business, I feel, well, from my experience, you're much more in control. Yeah. As a screenwriter, I'm at the mercy of everybody. I'm just a writer. You're, just an, you're a number. You're, you're words on a page. You're, you've got no, you're nothing is how, you will, how you're made to feel. But this is, you know, when you open your own company, that's different. And mm-hmm. I encourage every woman to do it. And when we launch our mentoring and networking um, category, that's, why I want it there. I'm like, go out there and find other women to partner and open businesses with. Find investors through Giggle. Like, mm-hmm. Giggle doesn't have to just be, it's not just for me, for my business. Launch your own business from mm-hmm. finding girls. Love it. To connect with. 
Love it. Sal, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for providing the container for us all to connect. And I'm looking forward to seeing how, how far you're going to soar with all of this. Thank you. Thank, thank you so, so very much. Yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure having you guys. Thank you for joining us on this conversation. And we'll see you on the very next episode on Unbox Your Gift. Take care.